Okay. So, you know, like, um, we're inching closer and closer to Hanukkah, so we still have to, like, you know, uh, keep the excitement for Hanukkah, you know what I mean? So we can't go all in to Hanukkah yet, so we have to still talk about Parsha Vishlach, but you can't not talk about Hanukkah a little bit. So, you know, there's, there's a well-known gematria that's brought down from, from Mishonim already when it comes to Hanukkah, that the word Yosef equals the gematria Melech Yavan. The king of Greece. Yosef is Melech Yavan. The way that gematria is used, the way it's interpreted, is that our ability to be victorious over Yavan, Melech Yavan, was because of the power of the Kaich of Yosef Tzadik. So Yosef is Melech Yavan. Okay. And the truth is, when it comes to Hanukkah, and, you know, in a couple weeks or so, so then it'll be those parashies talking about Yosef Tzadik. But the obvious question is, what exactly does Yosef have to do with Hanukkah? The Kahanim, the Chashmonai were not from Zerah Yosef, they're not from Yesvat Tzadik. There's no, uh, there's no obvious connection to Yesvat Tzadik in the story of Hanukkah. So, what does it mean that the Kayach of Hanukkah is coming because of Yesvat Tzadik? Okay, so like, put that to the side, as a Shem. All right, so in this week's parish, when Yaakov Avinu, Parshavishlach, so after the whole Misa with the wrestling match with Esav, and then his actual confrontation with the physical Esav, and he's Matzliach, he makes it through, and so on. He comes back to Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> so it says in Pasuk, Yelukim, that the Rabbanu Shem appears to Yaakov Avinu, and Hashem says, Shemcha Yaakov, your name is Yaakov, so we're not taking that name away, but lo yikari Shemcha Yaakov, but you're not, you shouldn't be called by the name Yaakov anymore exclusively. Kim Yisrael Yishemecha, you give it another name Yisrael, Yikarishma Yisrael, and he's called the name Yisrael. Again, the, the, the Malach of Esav named him that already, but the Rav Shalom is, is uh, sealing that name. And then Hashem continues, Hashem says, Ani kel shakai, pray Reve, you should be fruitful and multiply, Goy ukahal goyim, yiyem imeka, nations and multitudes of nations will come from you, umulachem mechel tzecha yitzehu, and kings will come from your progeny. Kids, kings will come from your children. So what does this mean, this Pasuk over here, that Hashem says to Yaakov, you know, again, Yaakov had come out all the Shvatim already, and Hashem says to Yaakov, nations and multitudes of nations will come from you, and kings will come from your children as well. What's going on over here? So Rashi brings in Chuzal, Gai ukahal Gayim, means that you're going to have Binyamin still, Binyamin wasn't born yet, so only 11 Shvatim were alive, so Gai, that's Binyamin, ukahal Gayim, and a multitude of nations, that's Benash and Ephraim. So Gai ukahal Gayim is Binyamin, Benash and Ephraim, that's what Hashem is telling Yaakov Vina, that you're going to have those three Shvatim still. And then the Pasuk continues, And kings will come from them. So the Pasuk, even just the simple reading of the Pasuk, based on that interpretation, means that there is some connection being drawn between Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim, and kings, and kings. Now the truth is, uh, Rashi does bring down from Chazal that we did have kings from Binyamin and Menashe, and Ephraim. Shaul HaMelech was from Binyamin, uh, there were, we had uh, kings uh, in the north of Eretz Yisrael from Menashe and Ephraim too. Maybe Yeshua had the status of a king, the Rambam writes. But here's the problem. When we think of kings by the Jewish people, those are not the Shvatim we think of. Yehuda is what we think of. Yehuda and so on. Davra Melech. Yaakovinu later on blesses uh, Shevet Yehuda. That Yehuda is given, is given Malchus. So what does this mean over here that Hashem Yisbrach is telling Yaakovinu you're going to have Binyamin, Menashe and Ephraim? And you should know that kings are going to come from them. There's going to be 
the Inn of Malchus is deeply rooted in Binyamin and Menashe and Ephraim. Strange. Again, when we think of Malchus, we, we associate it with Yehuda. What is Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim doing over here? Again, you have to think of it also. These are all the three children and three Shvatim that come from Rachel Imenu. So what does Malchus have to do with Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim? So it's like this, you know, like I said, it's it's coming close to Hanukkah season. So there is one, there's the, of all the Chassidish Asfarim, there's one Sefer that is the, he's the Balabas of Hanukkah. That's without a question, that's the Bnei Sashar. So there's a Vart that, that pops up in the Bnei Sashar many times. It's in Tishrei, and Cheshvin, and Kislev, other months. And it's the following observation. <coughs> the Bnei Sashar says like this, he quotes from Chazal, it's, you know, again, he was a Bucky and everything, so from Chazal we find the following thing, Tanakh and Chazal we find that there are three Bate Mikdash, right? By Yisrish and by Yisheni, by And so the Bnei Sashar points out that the Chanukah Sabai is Rishon. The month that the first base of English was built in was the month of Tishrei. The Chanukah Sabai Hashlishi, the third base of English, Chazal say, is the Chanukah Sabai is going to be in the month of Cheshvan. And the second base of English, when's the month that we celebrate Chanukah Sabai Hasheni, the dedication of the second base of English, that's in Kislev. So Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev are three months. Which within those months there is the Chanukas, the dedication of the first, second, and third Batei Mikdash. Tishrei uh, in, the, in these months, Tishrei Cheshvan and Kislev. Now, the uh, the Bnei Sashar points out as well that we know there's a tradition that every month of the year is related to a particular Shevet. So, what are the Shvatim of Tishrei Cheshvan and Kislev? So, Tishrei Cheshvan and Kislev are Menashe, Ephraim, and Binyamin. Menashe, Ephraim, and Binyamin. Binyamin is the month of Kislev. Tishrei and Cheshvan is Menashe and Ephraim. So, says the Bnei Sashar, what you see from that, it's not a coincidence, what you see from here is that, you know, the Beis HaMikdash, when we think of Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaMikdash was obviously the most obvious Indian of Beis HaMikdash is that it's a place where Karbanis were offered. It's a place of Avaida. But, in, in, in a certain sense, the Beis HaMikdash, besides being, or, or in, it was the place of Avaida of, of Karbanis, but it was also a, a place that was the symbol of Malchus Yisrael. The halach is that the only one that's allowed to sit in the Beis HaMikdash was the king of the Jewish people, the king. When the first Beis HaMikdash was dedicated, for example, in Sefer Malachim, so it's, it's a whole arichas over there that Shleim HaMelech not only was the one that, that was uh, in charge of building it, but he gives, the, the Pasuk describes how he had a homayimit and he gave a bracha to Kala Yisrael, and, it was, and it was, it was, um, it's clear from the sukkah and the story over there that Shleim HaMelech saw this as the shlemus of his malchus, so the Beis Hamikdash isn't just isn't just uh, you know a building where there's a vodis Hashem and Karbanis and so on. It's it's an Indian of the foundation of Malchus Yisrael. Malchus Yisrael is solidified and strengthened and fortified by the existence of the Beis Hamikdash. And so these three months, Tishrei, Cheshvan, and Kislev, which correspond to Menashe, Ephraim, and Binyamin, so these are not just months where the Beis Hamikdash was dedicated as as a place of worship. These three months in which the Bate Mikdash were and will be dedicated means these months are shining with the fortification and the foundation of Malchus Yisrael. And that's what the Pasik is saying over here. Hashem says to Yaakov Avinu, Goyu Kahal Goyim, that you're going to have Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim, which correspond to the three months of Tishri, Chajan, and Kislev, the months which the Beis Hamikdash were, 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 which the Bate Mikdash were dedicated, and the Beis Hamikdash means the foundation of Malchus, solidifying Malchus Yisrael, and that's what the Pasuk says. You're going to have these three Shvatim, and Malachim, and now you're going to have Malchus. So, 
although the king himself is from the place of Yehud, from the tribe of Yehuda, but the fortification of that malchus, the establishment, the 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 the, the roots, the uh, you know, like anchoring that malchus in Eretz Yisrael in a in a solid way, which is the base Amigdash, That's something that we find specifically to the Shvatim in the house of Rachel, Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim. That's what the Bnei Sasser says. Now the truth is, this does explain something when it comes to Hanukkah. So for example, the month, again, one of these months, which is Kislev, right, that's the month that, that is Binyamin, and that's the month that's celebrating the Hanukkah Sabayis Hasheni, the dedication of the second base of English, which again, from this Pasuk, is being reoriented from not just simply the Beis Hamikdash as the place of Karbonus being dedicated, but it's the house of Malchus. It's allowing Malchus Yisrael to be strengthened and fortified. That's what the Beis Hamikdash means. So that's in fact the Rambam. The Rambam writes this in the beginning of Hilchas Chanukah. It's well known. The Rambam tells us the history of the story of Chanukah, and the Rambam stresses that you know what happened when the Chashmonai were able to get rid of the Greeks. Not Avada, they were able to bring back sacrifices in the base of Migdash, but the Ramah stresses, and the Malchus of the, of the Jewish people returns for close to 200 years. And so the Mepharshim asked, why, why is that important over here? The truth, I mean, the truth is you can make the argument that maybe they were wrong, because the, the, the kings are not supposed to be Khan, and they're supposed to be from the, you know, from the family of David Melech. But the Rambam stresses that the actual celebration of Hanukkah, in the, if you just look in the Rambam over there, it's not so much about uh, you know, the, the miracles of the, of the oil and so on, it's, it's Givaldic, but, the, but historically the Rambam is focusing on the fact that yeah, the Beis HaMikdash was dedicated, but you know what that means? That means Malchus Yisrael is, was, was back. Malchus Yisrael is back. So this is what we're finding over here, that the Beis HaMikdash, again, is not just the place of, of Karbanis, but it's also... The 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 this I hate using the word symbol, but it, like the symbol and the the, ref, the 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 you know the the anchoring of Malchus Yisrael to be solidified in the world. That's the Beis Hamikdash, and the Beis Hamikdash. Although the king himself was from Shevet Yehuda, but the time, the months that the that the, that the the Beis Hamikdash was 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 dedicated first, second, and third, which solidifies Malchus Yisrael, are Davka months that are shining with the world of Rochel That's what we find. That's the, that's, that's the reality of the year. And so this is what we have to figure out. This is what we have to figure out, that all of a sudden, what, what is it, I guess, I guess there's a number of questions you can think about. What is it about the Beis HaMikdash that's so, um, that's so important in solidifying the Malchus? the Malchus of the Jewish people, and why is it that despite the fact that the king himself is from Shevet Yehuda, but to, to solidify the Malchus and to anchor it and to lay the foundations of the Malchus, that it should be solid and, and strong, which is represented by the Beis HaMikdash, that Davka from a time which is shining with the, the, with the, with the, the world of Rachel Imenu. So why is that? Why is that? Okay. So we'll put that, put that to the side. Another, another thing. Relating to these inyanim of Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim, these months that are that are the inyan of, of Chanukah Sabayis and so on. There's another var from the Bnei Sasser, Okay, it's a var that he, he he also quotes this often in in the month of Kislev. <coughs> in Parshas Emar, Parshas Emar is where the Torah talks about all the holidays. So it talks about Pesach, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, all the holidays. So there's a there's a a, a vart from the Rakeach. It was one of the Rishonim. That the Rekech said that in the parsha of Mayadam of holidays, there's a remez to Hanukkah. Even though Hanukkah was in the holiday by the times of Chumash, it's a remez 
to Hanukkah. Because right after the parsha of Mayadim, the parsha of the holidays, the next the next halacha is Hashem says to Moshe, Tzavis B'nai Yisrael, command the Jewish people, that they should prepare the oil for the menorah in the, in the Mishkan. Oh, so right after the holidays, we now have a reference to oil. That's a remez to Hanukkah. That's the vart from the Rekeach that goes back to Rishayim. Comes to B'nai Yisrael and says the following uh, added kinech to it. He says like this, the, the opening words of that parsha, which is talking about oil, which the Rekeach says is a hint to Hanukkah, is Tzavis B'nai Yisrael. Tzavis B'nei Yisrael. Says the B'nei Soschar, the word Tzavis B'nei, those words, Tzavis B'nei Yisrael, equal begematria, b'imei matisio ben Yechanan. Tzavis B'nei Yisrael equals b'imei matisio ben Yechanan. The only problem is it's off by one. Says the B'nei Soschar, with the kail, With the kail. Okay. Now it's interesting. It means that Hanukkah, which is the month of Kislev, is being expressed, it, its chashivas is being expressed, ad kadekach, that it's on the equal playing field of mayadim, based on this gematria, but with the Indian of a kailo, right? That's what it is. The yichu yelech Hashem, tzavis b'nei Yisrael, maybe at the ziyol b'nei Yechanan, with the kailo. How do, what's the source in Chazal that there's such an idea of like having a kailo, what does a kailo mean? A kailo means that you have a, you know, this word equals gematria that word, but you could also add one, you could be off by one. Why, why are you allowed to, you're not allowed to be off by one in Gematrius. It means that you could, the, the sum total of the word, or the sum total of the words, is also numerically equal to one. Okay, so that's what it means, the kailo here. So Tzavis B'nai Yisrael is one off from Matisio Ben Yoichanan, Bimei Matisio Ben Yoichanan is one less than Tzavis B'nai Yisrael. But you could add one because Bimei Matisio Ben Yoichanan is itself you know, you could count the whole sentence as, as numerically one as well. So it's plus one. What's the idea that you could add one? B'chalal and gematria. So we're trying to bring down, it's because of the following Pasuk. Later, uh, later on in Parshas Vayichi, Yaakov is giving a bracha to Menashe and Ephraim. And Yaakov says, Menashe Ephraim, Keruven and Vishim and Yuli. And it's brought down from Chazal, Menashe and Ephraim equal to gematria, Reuven and Shimon. But if you do the math, it's off by one. So it's, okay, so it's a remez, so it's a ride, that's the makar, that you could, there's a kail. So you see an interesting thing, that Binyamin, which is the month of Kislev, the, 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 the light of Binyamin, which is the yontav of Hanukkah, the, in, the, in his month, which is the month of Kislev, is given the chashivas of, of Yom Taivim because of the concept of the kail. And Menashe and Ephraim is equal to Reuven and Shimon with the concept of the kail. Okay, so the question now is also another question. So now the question is, and the Bnei Sussman himself deals with this. This is not, it sounds like a chesidish akasha. I mean, maybe it is, but he deals with this. Why is it that we find this Indian of Binyamin, Menashe and Ephraim, which again correspond, which is the entirety of the family of Rachel, which are the months, Tishrechesh and Kislev, the months that are shining with anchoring the Indian of Malchus Yisrael, of Malchus Yisrael in the world through the Beis HaMikdash. Why are these people and the house of Rachel B'chalal so connected to this concept of having a gematria that you're allowed to ha- have the kailo with the gematria. Okay, that's the, that's the ha'ara of the, uh, of the Meisasa. Okay, let's put all that to the side. Okay. The hard part's over. We'll see. So it's like this. In the parsha, so at the end of the parsha we find a... Uh, one, one of the more mysterious sections in all of Torah, and all of Chumash, and that is the Torah talking about the yichas and the history of Esav. 
So we have this by Yishmol, for example, it talks about his children and his yichas and so on. But when it comes to Esav, there's something different. Not only does the Torah talk about the children of Esav, okay, that, uh, okay, that's not so, that's not, he does it, the Torah does it for Yishmol too. But it talks about, it, it talks about the history of Esav way past this moment in Chumash. It talks about the, 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 the kingdoms of Esav. So for example, this is how the Torah goes. Again, at the end of the parsha. It says as follows: Ela told us Esav, who had them. These are the the children of Esav, and it begins to list the children of Esav, and then it goes as follows: Ela alufe ben Esav, and these are the alufim of Esav. What does aluf mean? Aluf is a, how do you they probably like, like a chieftain, a, 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 a um, like a chief or a tribal leader. In other words, you know you have uh, it wasn't. We're not talking about a, a, a cohesive government or or a malchus, an empire. Like uh, tribes, heads of heads of tri- heads of clans, tribal leaders. So Ela Lufe ben Esav chieftains. These are the chieftains of Esav, and it goes on. Aluf Tzifai, Aluf Kenaz, Aluf Taman. All these different um, people within Esav that are that were that were leaders. They weren't leaders of huge governments, but little chieftains, little heads of different clans. Okay, and then the pasuk goes on to say, fine. After going through all these all these alufim of Esav, all the chieftains of Esav. The Pasuk then talks about the Eila HaMolochim Asher Molchul Beretz These are the kings of Esav. And it lists eight kings of Esav. And the Pasuk says all these kings existed before the Jewish people had a kingdom. And in fact, in, in Tanakh, the last king of Esav was right before Shaul HaMelech. Okay? So first it goes to the, the chiefs of Esav, Right, the, the chieftains of Esav, the alufim of Esav. Then it talks about the kings of Esav. And then it goes back to talk about the chiefs of Esav. Then it goes back, Ela alufim ben Esav, these are the chiefs again. And then it goes to, to mention a bunch of the first names of the different chiefs of different clans. What's going on? So first it talks about alufim, then it talks about kings, and then it goes back to alufim. So, very uh, posh, like history. Rashi, the Ramban, they all explain the following thing, is that historically the way the country the, of Edom developed was the following thing. Initially, it was just a bunch of uh, warring tribes with each other. Each tribe had its ter- territory, and they were just running around, nomadic uh, tribes running around. That's called, that's called Alufa Esav. These are the, the chiefs of Esav. So every little tribe, every little chaver had their, had their head. But as the Gemara calls it, or Chazal called it, it's Malchus Taga. It's a kingdom without a crown. It's not a real kingdom. It's a bunch of guys running around with each other, so they officially have a person that's in charge. It's called that's called Alufe Esav. Then at some point they began to organize themselves and they decided, you know what, Alu- this this nomadic lifestyle is not working for us. Let's make a malchus. And then that's what the pasuk then says. And these are the kings of Esav, and that lasted for eight generations. And after eight generations, they went back to being Alufim. They went back to being Alufim to be tribal uh, clans running around. That's the history. So that's why the Pasuk first talks about Alufi Esav, then the kings of Esav, and goes back to Alufi Esav, because that's how it was historically. Okay. Why in the world is the Torah telling us this? This is much more detailed than talking about the Yichas of Yishmol. Even when it talks about the, the Yichas of Yishmol, back in, it was the Parshas told us, where it talks about the, the, you know, his history and his children and so on, even over there, Chazal make a point of saying, why do we care about this? So it's to make certain mathematical equations to figure out Yaakov Vino's life, whatever. But over here, we're not just talking about how old Esav was when he died. We're talking about his, his children, their type of government. It's a whole thing. Is a, what, what do we need this for? All right, so 
you know, there's a there's a there's a line of the, of of Gemara. Chazal say that a person should always be extremely machshiv uh, every word of Torah. And the example that one source in Chazal gives is that you should be machshiv just like it says Anechesh Melakecha, which everyone would say that's an important pasuk. So so too, Aluf Teiman, the chieftains of Esav, is also as chashiv Anechesh Melakecha. So even Chazal are acknowledging that these are parshiyos that you would think are completely unnecessary. So like all things, the deepest secrets of Tyra are always covered over in the most mundane. So what's going on with these parashas? So the, the, one of the biggest sugis in the Kisferi revolves around this Indian of the Malachim, the kings of Asaf. Okay, without getting, obviously, into too much detail. What we find in the Kisferi is the following thing, that not only, that obviously, it actually happened. There were these kings, and there were eight generations of them, and that's Takachu. But... But metaphysically, what these kings also are a physical reflection of something much, much deeper, much more profound. The kings of Esav represent every different type of every different type of of Yitzhahara, of Taiva, everything that's uh, you know the, the 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 Malchus of the other side. The Malchus of the other side is represented by all these kings. And it's a big sugi in the writings of the Rizal, what this king represents and this king represents. Every single one of these kings represents a different midah, a different personality trait, a different aspect of establishing a, 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 a philosophy, a way of thinking that's keneged Yiddishkeit. Let's understand. Within the person, let, let, me, let, me, let me try to explain a little bit like this. You know, Within the person, there is a melech. What is the definition of a melech? Let's put it this way. What is it? What does a melech do? So you know what a melech does. A melech takes like like in the example of Esav. You have these you know nomadic tribes running around and they're just aimlessly just wandering the countryside. And so the melech gives direction to everything, right? The melech says, oh, "Okay, let's, let's let's organize ourselves. Let's put it all together. Let's give them a halach." So that's true on a national, uh, geographical, political level. And even within the person, there is an Indian within every single one of us. That's the melech. What is that? The melech of your life means your way of thinking, your philosophy, your goals, your your mabit, your your. Why do you get out of bed in the morning? See, you, you you. There's a certain part of us which is like nomadic, right? And that's you know a person's taivas, you know, like like uh, when when uh, it says in pasuk, taiva yuvakish nifrad. It says in pasuk that the person who's who gives into his temptations to his taivas, Yivakesh Nevrad, is, is what he's doing is really seeking disjointedness. Because the nature of taiva is like, okay, now I do this, now I do that, whatever, you're, whatever, you know, whatever the heart desires, whatever the lust of that person is, so you're pulled all over the place. <clears throat> and then you have something that's called Seichel. Seichel, seichel is a melech. Seichel is malchus. Seichel says, one second, there's, there's a tachlis in your life. And you have to have a purpose for living. Like, what exactly is the is the is the goal of your what 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 set of what set of what what system are you living by? What's your ideals? What's your goals? Uh, what what defines you? Now, that Indian of Malchus is something that can be extremely holy. If it's Malchus Yisrael, if it's a Jewish kingdom, a Jewish kingdom means that you have your head on straight. You know exactly what your goal is, and there's there's something that's guiding your your life. And if and and what does it mean if it's a holy malchus? It means what's guiding your life is Tyrant of Hashem. It's Kavaldik. But there's also such a thing as the Malachim of Asaph, the kings of Asaph. What are the kings of Asaph? The kings of Asaph 
are every type of ideology that's the that's 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 kfir, that's heresy. See, a person it could also you could also have a person that's a melech, that's an in of, of a melech. It means that his entire life is being guided by a particular mindset, by a particular education, by a particular uh, hashkafa. But what is that hashkafa? Laftaf <laughs> is it holy? The Malachim of Esav, the kings of Esav, represent every, every ideology, every amuna, every faith, and every way of thinking that's corrupted, that's unholy, that's the opposite of truth. It's a mahalach, though. It's a, it's a malchus. It's a malchus. And, and the reason talks about barichas, that every amuna kazavis, every false faith, every ideology that's corrupted is rooted in these kings of Esav. That's the reason. Comes the Vilna and the Vilna Gain says, well, one second. In Chumash we find that if after the kings of Esav, and, and, and again, in, in Chumash, so it says, Vayimlech, this king rules, Vayamas, and he dies. Vayimlech, Vayamas, Vayimlech, Vayamas. And that's what, that's what it says in Chumash, that every king of Esav, he, he emerges, and then he dies. He, king dies, kings and dies. And the Rizal said, because that's the Mitzvah. The Mitzvah is that while the time being that this particular ism is the Melech over that person or over the world, it's short-lived. At the end of the day, it's, you know, any ideology that's not emes, which is Yiddish, which is Torah, is by its very definition, short-lived. So it's v'yimlech v'yamaz. Comes the Vilna Gai, and the Vilna Gai says, well, one second, go to the parsha. Even after the final king of Esav re- rules and then dies, then there's another parsha, which is the chieftains of Esav, the alufim, the alufa Esav. What is that? So says the Vilna Gai, and what that tells you is that there's something else. Besides there being, besides there being a Yetzirah, which is the embodiment of, of Malchus, of kings and kingship, with a ideology and a perspective and a goal and a mindset and a worldview. There's also there's also alufim of What are the alufim of Much less sophisticated, much less sophisticated. The alufim of represent the part of ourselves, which you know. I'll put it this way: if the in the storm we find this, if the kings of Esav are in the body, would be represented by what? Be the head, right? That's where your seichel is. That's where, uh, that's the melech over your, over your body. What would the alufim of Esav be represented by? So says the Vilna the alufim of Esav would be represented by your feet. Your feet represent, you know, if, if the head is the highest part of who you are, the most sophisticated, then the feet correspond to the lowest, most base part of who you are. The pasuk says, "Ragleha yardes mavis." A person, person's feet can mamish descend into death itself. So there's two types of Yetzirahs, there's two types of enemies that the Jewish people, there's two types of, there's two Bechinas of Esav. There's the Malach and the kings of Esav, ideologies, Chochmes, a certain Mahalach HaChayim, but every single one of them corrupted. And then you have Alufim of Esav, you know, just, just, just good old-fashioned Taivas, good old-fashioned plain old Yetzirahs, where the guy is completely unsophisticated, and the guy knows maybe it's wrong and it's unhealthy, but he can't control himself, it's not, it's not with Chochmes. Says the Vilna Gaon, even after you have the demise of all the kings of Esav, and the Vilna Gaon says this historically, the Vilna Gaon says that throughout the years of Gullus, we will, we will experience all these kings of Esav. And he goes through each one, what they represent and so on. And at the end of the day, even the last king of Esav will fall apart. And so you would think when the last king of Esav dies, it's Mashiach ben David, that's the time of Gula. Says the Vilna Gaon, not yet. Then you have the time of Alufei Esav. And Alufei Esav means there's no more big ideologies in Chachmas. Now it's just people just being overrun by Taivas. 
and just without idea, they just you know, the feet take them to the abyss, the alufim of Asaf. <coughs> That's what the guy says. But here's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is, as we saw from Rashi and the Ramban, even before, did, did everything did the, in the in the world of Asaf? Did it start as kings? And then the kings fell apart, and then it went to chieftains and alufim. Said Rashi and Ramban, no, no, no. What really happened historically is it started as alufim, it started as chieftains, and then they decided to organize themselves as kings. And then the real truth was revealed, which was that it all started and it went back to the way it was. What does this mean? What does this tell us? So it's like this. You know, when you, you think of these two different types of Yetzirahs, let's, let's think about Hanukkah for, for example. Hanukkah, we know, if we had to identify, what's the, what was the main type of, so to speak, Esav? It was Yavan, we understand. But, uh, you know, Esav is the head of everything. It's just different, you know, Bavel, Modai, Paras, Yavan, it's just different hats. But really, it's, it's, it's Esav. So what aspect of Esav was, was attacking the Jewish people? What were we... What, what aspect of Esav were we suffering from when it comes to Hanukkah? Was it the Malachim of Esav, or was it the Alufim of Esav? So without a question, it was the Malachim, it was the kings of Esav. In other words, what was going on by Hanukkah? Taivis? No, it wasn't Taivis, it was ideology. The, 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 the Gemara says in Shabbos, Timu Kalashmanim, right? That the, the Yavana broke into the base of English and contaminated all the oils. So all the Svarim say, Pechad. doesn't matter what uh, section of Kalah Yisrael... Shemen, oil always is a, always represents chachma. So what does it mean, timu kalashmanim? All the oils were contaminated. It means that that every that that the 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 philosophy of Greece, the mindset of Greece, the world view of Esav, that which is the meaning of Malchus, the, the Malachim of Esav, infiltrated our world, and Timu Kalashmanim, and that there was there was there was almost no Tamidikachamim or people left that had pure that were that were being run their lives purely by the way of kedusha, the the the, the world view of of the, of the sitrach of the other side came in and infiltrated our world, and you know what's amazing is the gemara says in avodazara, kol kol ba'el It says in pasuk all those that go into this place, the following place, never return. Kol ba'el What is this? What is this scary place that there's no return from? So says the Gemara of Adizara, that's Kfira. Kol Bela Yeshuvan means that there is such an Indian, that a Jew gets stuck in Apikarsis. It's not impossible to get, to get the person out of it. That historically, by the Jewish people, the approach was if you had someone that became a Kaifer, what was the approach of the Jewish people? B'derach Kalal, the approach was, never to, was not to try to bring him back or her back. The approach was excommunicate the person and cut off ties. You know, amputate the limb. That, that, that was the approach, to save the rest of the body. Because there was such a fear. See, the nature of, 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 of the Eight Sahara, when, it, when it's in the form of the kings of Esav, it's not as grotesque. It's not as, if you, if you don't mind me, you know, you'll forgive me, it's not as base. A person that's an Apikairis, a person that's an Aristotle, is not necessarily disgusting to hang out with. But so therefore, in a certain sense, the, 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 the issues that this person is faced with, because it's in the head, is not is a little bit more refined. But despite the fact that it's more refined, it's mamish. The, the, the talons of that issue, which is called heresy, is mamish deep, deep in the guy's kishkas, in the guy's brain. And so 
despite the fact that maybe it's an issue of the head, which makes it a little bit more refined and a little bit more nicer to talk about. But at the end of the day, kol ba'ela yeshuvan, it's hard to get out of that. And this is what Mashenkin, on the other hand, if you have a person that's being, that his, his attack or her attack is what? Are the alufim evasive? So the alufim evasive, these are unsophisticated in Yanim. Taivis, Taivis, unsophisticated in Yanim. Yeah. So when, when, when you're dealing with unsophisticated in Yanim that are in Yanim of the feet, not the head, of the feet, so feet get dirty and, and, it, and it's not so uh, nice to talk about Rabbim, the Yanim that plague a person based on the chieftains evasive. So on the one hand, it's not as nice, but on the other hand, you wash off your feet and you go vaita, you go to the mikvah and finish. Like, it, it's, it doesn't sink in as deeply as fear of the mind. So this is what would seem, that the malachim of Esav and the alufim of Esav are opposite from each other. The kings of Esav are sophisticated and they present well, but, the, but once you allow those, those forces to take hold of your head, it's, you don't get out of that abyss. Mashenki and the Lufim of Esav, they're a little bit more gross and base and more animalistic, and they're more pushit. And because it's more pushit, so, uh, you, you know, you, uh, so, so whatever happened, you go, you can still die in the next day. It doesn't, uh, it's not such a big deal. So like I said, let's go to Hanukkah. So what, what, what was the clip of Hanukkah? It was the Malachim of Esav, the kings of Esav. It was the kings of Esav. Timukul everything was everything was, uh, was contaminated. And because of that, like, how do you get out of that? The Gemara says you can't, you can't get out of that. But here's the great secret. Here's the great secret. The great secret is, is that although the kings of Esav might present themselves as kings, but the kings of Esav really start as chieftains. It's chieftains, it's alufim, that then pretend to be kings. And then ultimately, it's, it's just a matter of time until it's revealed that what they truly were were just chieftains to begin with. Listen to what the Vilna Gaon writes in his commentary to Tukuni Zayar, okay? The, 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 the Zayar, he, he says like this, he quotes the Gemara Megillah, a fascinating phenomenon, that even during the time when Esav had kings, She'ein lehem melech ben melech. Said the Vilna Gaon, Esav, even when they had a monarchy, it's an interesting thing, their, their system of, of, their bylaws were that when a king dies, usually it goes in here, the, the son will become the king. That was not the rule when it came to Esav. There was no such thing that the Malchus passed down from father to son. The Bakala Umas, every other nation in the world, Nisma Chamalucha, Mimelech, there's a there's a smicha, there's a the, the, the Malchus has what to rest on. There's a guarantee, like you know when the king is alive, like you know that it's gonna continue because he has a son and it'll go as inheritance to the next to the next generation. Mashenkin Be'edim, when it comes to Edim, it wasn't like that. Va'id, not only that, says the Vilna Gaon, Shamalucha Nismach Alzara, Mashenkin Be'edim, he says, even if they didn't have the rule that it goes down as an inheritance to the son, but at least there could be some other law that's in place. Maybe it doesn't go to the son, it should go to the second, to the advisor. Some system in place. Said the Vilna Gaon by the kings of Esav, he quotes Gemara's like this to show, that there was no, there was no system. There was no system. The, the king was the king. After the king died, uh, the government officials had to convene to figure out who's going to take over. And the, no one thought of this idea of having some bylaws, some se- system, like, okay, go to inheritance or, or, or the vice king, something. No, no such thing. Why? Says the Vilna Gaon like this. Why? He says as follows. The reason is because shu ketzitzas raglan, ketzitzas raglan, is because here's the nikkud. It says the Vilna Gaon, 
it might look like Esav is presenting itself as an ideology. It's a, it's a malchus, it's a, it's a way of thinking, it's a worldview, and so on. And because of that, it's claiming to be unfixable. That if a Jew falls into that place, it gets, it's in the head. And once it's in the head, it's very hard to get, to get it out of that. Everyone knows. Whatever Inyanim person has in their head, it's very hard to get out of that. <clears throat> it says of Ilnagayin, but that's just the trick. That's just on the outside. The truth is, the truth is, it, it really, in Panemius, it's just Tivus. Really, it's just Tivus. And because at the end of the day, it's just Tivus, and it's just at certain points in, in Jewish history, the world wasn't, or the Eight Sahara, or the Sitrach, or the world wasn't ready to be brutally honest with itself. So it can't be honest that it's just Pashat, you know, Tivus and low things and feet in Yanim. So it has to present itself as if it's head in Yanim. And it has to pretend and present itself as a head Indian. And once it's head Indian, oh, it's so dangerous and you have to amputate, you can't be Makar of those people. But the truth is, the truth is that even when the kings of Esav are attacking the Jewish people, saying, I am the king, and the Jewish people cannot have a Malchus because Esav says they're the king, you can't have two kings. So it's either Esav's the king or you're the king. So even when Esav is attacking us in a kingship way, what really they're attacking us by is our feet. That's really what the attack is. You know, they can't say it, and it can't be so obvious, so they pretend as if it's like a worldview. And the Yid that falls for it is also thinking it's, it's really not. Really, it's just in Yanam of Nefesh Bahamas. That's really all it is. Says of Ilnagoyim, because of that, the truth of all truths is that the Melech of Esav, which is trying to, to dismantle the Malchus of the Jewish people, presents itself as a head issue, but really it's a feet issue. And therefore, Mida, Kineg, and Mida, the kings of Esav don't have feet. The feet of a kingship means that you know that it's, going to dis- that it's going to go to the next generation. Feet is how you travel through space. And conceptually, feet would also be, uh, rep- you know, it also be a marshal how you travel through time. So we find this in Chazal, that the, that the bris mila and so on, that part of the body which has to do with having children is also called raglaim, it's also called the feet. It's also called the feet. Because feet means, you know, uh, again, on a, on a, on a, uh, a bederach marshal, it means how you travel through space or how you travel through time. Feet would, ha- um, the malchus, the, a malchus having feet would mean a malchus that you know goes to the next generation. The malchus of Esau didn't have feet. Didn't have feet. And no one thought of such an idea that the melech should have, that the malchus should have, uh, there should be a bylaw that the melech goes down to the next generation, how it continues on. Didn't have feet. Why, why was it such a thing? Why was Esav punished in such a way that its feet are cut off? The answer is because that's the truth, that, because that's really what it's trying to do to the Jewish people. It, it pretends as if it's trying to, it, to, to get us in our heads, but that's not really what it's about. What it's really attacking us is our feet. This goes back to the story of Adam and Chava, right? It says in Pasuk by the Nachash, everyone knows the Nachash initially had feet. And, what, and part of the curse of the Nachash is, you have to go on the floor. Your feet have been cut off. Well, watch. I understand if the Avera of the Nachash had to do with him having feet. So his feet should be cut off. What, why is that an apropos punishment? His feet are cut off. The answer is, because what was the Nachash presenting to Chava? You eat from this tree, you'll be godlike, you'll have knowledge, you'll, have, you'll, you'll know, you'll be a partner to God. The pre- presentation of the Nachash was Melech. That I'm offering you the Malchus of Esav. But the truth is, as, as what does Chava say after that, when she hears Nachash presents, he, his pitch is, is, is Melech, his pitch is head. And what does Chava respond? 
She sees her response, what she feels from that speech is, it's a delicious fruit. I want to eat it. Just in, like, like a, a taiva. So what's going on? The Nachash is talking theses. He's talking philosophy. And, and Chav is hearing uh, taivas. The answer is because that's really the truth. The Nachash doesn't have, there is no head. It's a, it, the, the, the real truth of, of Esav is that they don't have malchas. All they have is just, just nifrad, is just div- divisiveness and period and disjointedness, running here and running there, based on where your feet take you at that particular moment. That's all they have. And that's the ultimate attack that, that they can have upon us, is in the feet. So midah, kenegah, midah, they don't have feet. Their malchas doesn't have feet. And what does Hashem do with the nachash? Cuts off his feet. And it says in Pasuk, and Hashem says to Chava, He's gonna, the snake is going to bite you by the heels. Because as a result of that story, we finally see the truth. It was never about a head. It was about the feet from the beginning. So that, that's exactly what was going on with Hanukkah, right? So what's Hanukkah? Hanukkah is, the, what is, the, what is the, uh, the attack of the Jewish people is that there's an influx of what? Of Aristotelian, it was before, you know, you know of Greek philosophy and, and, and kfir and heresy. And so what's the response? Timokol Ashman, all the oils are, 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 are contaminated. So what's the response? The response should be more Torah lectures to try to get everyone's head on straight or just amputate. But the answer is, that was never the issue. That's never the issue. You know what the issue is? You know what the response is? You know what the, 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 the solution is? Yosef HaTzadik. That's the solution, Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik is what? Is the one that's the, that, that is koivish as Yitzray. He's the one that is able to overcome all the inyanim of the feet. That's Yosef HaTzadik. And Yosef HaTzadik, therefore, is Melech Yavan. Yosef HaTzadik is the power of the Jewish people to overcome the real issue, which is just the Nefesh of Bahamas. Like, don't get so worked up. It's not, a, it's not this big abyss that you fell into. Just go to the mikvah and go weiter. Like, it, it, that's really all it is. There's a letter from Rav Kook, by the way. It's a gewaldig letter. You might always have to see it. It's in the end of Chelek uh, Aleph in the Igris Raya. It's in uh, Shin Lamebez, letter Shin Lamebez. And it's a letter that Rav Kook talks about this Indian of, he references an earlier letter that he wrote to someone, to a Rav somewhere in Eretz Yisrael, and he references that in my first letter, I, I just, I mentioned a line in my first letter that although in the earlier generations, the approach with people that were, that were, her, that were heretics, Kaifrim and so on, was to excommunicate them and get rid of them, but nowadays it's not like that. We can be Makar of them. And he says, I, I, I mentioned that in passing in my first letter, but I felt like after thinking about it, I should explain myself more. And what Rav Cook basically says is this Nakuda is that in earlier generations, again, he doesn't go through the Nagai and all these things, but what he says is that in earlier generations, there was this at least facade of there being the kings of Asaph. And there's this conflict. Who is the king? And you can't have two kings. So is our hashkaf, is our worldview holy? Or there's a dissenting worldview. And there's this like legitimacy of having different, like there's a muna, there's different uh, worldviews, there's, there's, there's holy worldviews, there's unholy worldviews, there's a conflict, and as long as the malchus of Esav is in existence, it means that you can't fully say that the malchus of the Jewish people are in existence. Like, what do you really believe? But the answer is, says Rav Kook, that was all earlier generations before the truth comes out. But the truth of all truths is that the whole thing is a galachter. It's all just taivus. It's all just, it's just nefesh Bahamas. It's all people that are that don't find within themselves the strength to overcome their base desires, and therefore they have to be, and they feel bad about that. So they're malbashit in inyanim, but it's not really that. And therefore, says Rav Kook, his, his language is as follows. He says, 
during before Mashiach comes. In the klipa, the other side doesn't have the, the 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 spiritual strength anymore to keep up this facade. It can't do it anymore. Kiyem, what could it do? Through th- what it can do is to is to is to weaken our resolve. It can weaken our resolve. It can weaken Amun and so on. But but whatever weakness it can do in terms of the feet and just making us become more desensitized to Ruchnias and fall for negative behaviors. So he says, people that get caught in this, so they think it's Kfira. They think that's their issue. But he says, and they think they're caught in some net that they can't get out of. He says it's not true. The truth is, what they're caught in is something that really doesn't exist. It's in their, they think they think they're caught in something they can't get out of. It's a it's a quicksand that they've made up in their own heads. It's bechlal not true. Kiem. So what do they need to have? Of course, says two things. Two things. That's all you need. He says kiem chisarn hasbar v'aris asechel v'hergish. What they're what they're making what they're missing is two things. They're missing just a healthy. Outlook towards Yiddishkeit and a more stable emotional life. That, that, that's really all it is. And when you have that, therefore, as, as soon as you illuminate their life with the way of Hashem, if you just illuminate their life, with, with health, with a normal way of thinking, a big picture of Yiddishkeit and an emotional health. So he says, uh, once that happens, then the light just increases, increases, and increases, and it's finished. So what's the? So it's an amazing thing. So what's the story of Hanukkah? Hanukkah is Timukol Hashmanim. Everything became, everything became the overrun with the Melech of Esav. What's the answer? The answer is Yosef The answer is truth, primis, an inner dimension of truth, dimension of, of reality, a nefesh kiss. When when see if your issue is the nefesh of Bahamas, the animal soul, then what's the antidote? Just to illumin, to allow the nefesh kiss to, to come out of its hiding, to the godly part of yourself to be manifest. If the issue is the head, then the godly soul resides in the head. So if the head is messed up, then there's no place for the godly soul. But that was not the issue, Bechlal. That was never the issue. The issue was the feet. So, if the, so what do you do when, there's, when, when the feet are a problem? Allow the head to take charge. And that's fine. Your head was never an issue to begin with. This is the secret of why, again, let's go back to Hanukkah. So Hanukkah is the secret of what? Of Yosef is Melech Yavin. Yosef is Melech Yavin. And this is why, going back, let's talk about why is it that although the king of the Jewish people is from Davra Melech, but it's, but it's the, the, the three Shvatim of the house of Rachel, right? Menashe Nefraim is Yosef and Benyamin, that in those months, that's when the Beis HaMikdash is solidified. The Malchus of the Jewish people lays, has its foundation. Because this is the Nakuda. To lay the foundation of the Jewish people, the, the, to lay the foundation of the malchus of the Jewish people means that the way to do that is to show that there is no other malchus besides the Jewish people. What do you mean there is no other malchus? The kings of Esav have their they have their malchus, they have their worldviews. The answer is they don't. It's just old nefesh of Bahamas. That's all it is. The, the, the ultimate way to solidify Malchus Yisrael is by establishing that everything outside of Malchus Yisrael are just alufim. They're just chieftains. There is no such mitzias as a melech that's outside of Kal Yisrael. That, that's not, in other words, and there's no such thing as a, as a, truly, as a true worldview that, that truly is anchored in the mind and anchored in the roish. The Malchus of, of the universe is, is outside of Knesset Yisrael.
And so the king himself might be from David, but to solidify and to and to and to ensure that all that 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 the malchus of the Jewish people cannot be taken over by another malchus is that you have Yosef Tzaddik, you have the house of Rachel Imenu. Because Rachel Imenu means always being, always having the strength to overcome the feet. And that's what the issue is. See, once you allow the feet to go crazy, and you allow the nefesh of Bahamas to fester, it'll, it'll then gain the strength to convince itself and to convince you that it's a melech. And once it's a melech, then you're not the melech anymore. So David HaMelech, the kingdom of the Jewish people, might be overthrown if you allow the feet of Esav to develop, its, uh, to develop a, 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 uh, a, uh, a costume of having a head. But if you're a Yosef HaTzadik, Yosef Binyamin, Menashe Nefraim and Binyamin, and what? And you're always on guard, and you never allow the Nefesh of Bahamas to take over your life, then you're never giving space for that, for that, for, for their, for even to have the illusion of there being a Melech of Esav. And if there's no Melech of Esav, then all there is is the king, is, is the Melech of Yisrael. I, there's an issue of feet. Okay, see, so deal with the feet. But, you, but Yosef HaTzadik always ensures that the feet, that, 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 that the feet are always in check. Because again, this is the Nakuda. If you allow the Taivas of your life to become over, to overrun, then it'll eventually develop into something that very much seems like a Malchus. But if you keep the feet in check, which is the strength of Yosef HaTzadik, then it's never going to, t- to turn into a Malchus that threatens your Malchus. So you could have your head on straight, you could have, you could have a, a worldview of Kedush and Tahara, and it'll, it'll never be overthrown because the foundation is rock solid. How's the foundation rock solid? Because Yosef Tzadik is always guarding the walls. Yosef Tzadik is always there making sure that the feet of Esav, the alufim of Esav, don't turn into kings. And that's the secret of Yosef, of Yosef that's the secret of the house of Rachel. So the Melech is David, but the ones that ensure that that Malchus is never threatened by an enemy Malchus is the house of Yosef Tzadik, because Yosef Tzadik tells you and ensures that there's no such that 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 that, that the feet of Esav are always kept in check by the, by Yosef Tzadik, thus never allowing it to develop into something that even could look like an imitation of Malchus. That's what Yosef Tzadik is. This is why. This is why. Let's go back. This is why the Indian of Menashe, Ephraim, and Binyam in the house of Yosef Tzadik of Rachli Menu is connected with the Indian of the Kailah. Remember that. Remember that it was the Kailah. Kaila is again, like I said, Gematria of one. What letter is Gematria of one? It's Aleph. The word Aleph, the word Aluf, means a, a chieftain. The secret of Binyamin Yosef, uh, Binyamin Menashe Ephraim, the Indian of Yosef Tzadik, the months that give us the found to, to to ensure the stability of Malchus Yisrael, is what is is the Kayach that shows that everything outside of Malchus Yisrael at most is Alufim. All they are are chieftains. All they are are chieftains. That's all there is. The only place that you'll find a true malchus with a king with a head, that's only in Knesset Yisrael. And so the whole Indian of what, the whole Indian of Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim, the whole Indian of the house of Rachel and its relationship with malchus is what? Is, is that it, it ensures the stability of malchus by doing what? By showing that, that everything outside of malchus Yisrael is just alufim, and that's the letter aleph. That's why again, Binyamin, Menashe, and Ephraim, those those yam are connected with the kailah. So Hanukkah, that's why Hanukkah is 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 the pach echad shel shemen. It was it was a jar of it was a jar of all that was one little core kernel of truth was left, 
in the head. And from there, everything was able to regenerate. Why? Because it was never a head issue to begin with. It was never a head issue to begin with. It always was feet. This is why in Hilchas Chanak we find a very strong connection to feet. How long, how long when, when's this man for Chanukah candles? So the Gemara says, As long as there's feet in the street, you can light Chanukah candles. That's a funny way to say it. Where do you light the Chanukah candles? Lower the tent Tzvachim. That's where your feet are. For Sumanisa, you want to make it publicized, you know, a little bit higher. I understand that 20 Amas, because no one's going to notice it, but 10 Amas is <coughs> a little bit strange. The Indian of Chanukah candles is what? Is to illuminate the light. See, light is always Chachma. Light is always wisdom. Light always represents your head. Shemen, Al-Roishcha, Oil always represents wisdom, right? And light always represents Chachmas Adam, Toyer, of The wisdom of a person illuminates their face. So the light of Chanukah represents having a Malchus, having a worldview, having, having a perspective, having a goal in life, having a purpose, knowing what the purpose is, having a Kesar Malchus, having royalty. But the, the, to ensure that royalty... Is to make is to remind us that everything outside of Malchus Yisrael, what's outside in the street, is just feet. Is just feet. The only Malchus that exists is the Malchus of the Jewish people that's inside the home, that's inside the place of Kedusha. Anything outside Kedusha, it might pretend to be Malachim. It'll pretend to be kings. It's not. It's not. It's all it's all just it's all just illusionary. It's all just feet. And this is the ultimate secret of what Hanukkah is about. And this is what um, that's what Rav Cook was talking about how how ultimately the Eitzah for a person back in the back in the olden time you know uh, you know in earlier generations so while the illusion of the Malachim of Esav was very strong so it was difficult to bring people back from Kfira. but nowadays anyone that's involved in anything that's to do with the Mechazagid knows that you got the biggest sophisticated uh, philosophical uh, you know uh, atheist or whatever. A good for bring and Chondon called Gobi Makarivim and show him a healthy, normal, well adjusted uh, from family and from person is finished. All the all the Aristotles, you know, and all the, the and all the Inyanim go out the window. Doesn't it doesn't happen overnight? Doesn't happen overnight. But ultimately it's just Raglaim. That that's the mice, that's the Mitzias, that's the Mitzias. And so that's what's going on. That's why by the way, the whole lineage of, of Yaakov Avinu, right? Yaakov in our parsha struggles with Asaf. And so Yaakov Avinu, you would think that Esav is going to, the, the Malach of Esav is going to be throwing everything it has at Yaakov Avinu, and it did. And you would think, and what would be the most dangerous, the most dangerous, uh, 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 you know, weapon in Esav's arsenal? Head in Yonah. But you see, none of that was Matzliach. The only thing that could possibly injure Yaakov Avinu was, was the real truth of what Esav is. That he injured his foot. He injured his leg. And Hutzleya Yerechem, because of that, he was injured. And that is that injury of Yaakov Avinu is the root of everything that goes wrong in Golas, even what looks like head issues. Really, it's feet issues. Because that's the only thing that, that Yaakov Avinu was able to be affected by on his level was his feet. I shouldn't talk of a Kafiyarech Yaakov Yav That's the only thing that was possible. And by the way, ironically, the Rabbanishim always brings the Rafu before the Maka, the heels before the sickness. So what was preceding that, that wrestling match? What was preceded that was Vayvasi Yaakov Levadai. Yaakov Avinu is alone. Why was he alone? He's looking for Pach and Katanim. He's looking for the small jars that he left behind. Says the Rakech, we shouldn't bring down such a Messiah. That that, that mice of Yaakov Avinu looking for these small jars was establishing, was mice of Banim, was paving the way for the Mitzias of finding the Pach Echad Shulshan. So you see, 
the whole Esav is coming, the Malach of Esav is coming to Yaakov Vinu with all the philosophies of the world, all the Malachim, all the kings of Esav. And really the truth of all truths is that it was a feet issue to Bechlal. And the, because it's a feet issue, Bechlal, Yaakov Vinu has the refu already, which is called Chanukah Licht. And what's Chanukah Licht? Chanukah Licht means to illuminate, to allow the Neshama to, to shine. And I, how could you allow your Neshama to shine? Where does the Neshama, again, like I said before, I, I, I said this quickly, so I'll just say it more about Rikas. In the, in the Tanya, we find this, that the one place of the body, where, where, where is the Nefesh of Bahamas? Like, uh, where is his headquarters? It's by, by, uh, by, by the kidneys, which is the lower part of the body, by the feet. That's where the Nefesh of Bahamas is. And where's the Nefesh of Lakis? Where's the Nefesh of Lakis' headquarters? It's in the head. So if, so if you believe that the issue is a head issue with Esav, then the answer is not going to be Nefesh of Lakis because that's the, that, that's, the prop, that's the point that's been damaged. And that's why, that's why in the early generations there was no solution. Because how can you, the, the only, the, the, the biggest weapon we got is what? Is, uh, is an official kiss, is the godly soul. And if the place of the godly soul is your head, and the head has been injured, so what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Then, then there's no solution. But the answer is, it might look like it's the head. Really it's the nefesh of Bahamas, really it's the feet. And because it's the feet, what's the solution? Allow the nefesh of kiss to show. Allow the, allow the light of the neshama to be manifest, and then all the dirt of the feet will fall to the wayside. You go to the mikvah and you go right there. And this is exactly what Chanukah Licht is. Chanukah Licht means, again, to allow the, the, to allow the Neshama to be illuminated despite the fact that it's the middle of the night, despite the fact that there's craziness going on. You light your Chanukah Licht. Allow your Neshama, which is in your head, to be illuminated. I, my head is full of Greek philosophy. No, it's not. Your issue is feet. That's your issue. Illuminate your life, illuminate your, your mind with, with true, authentic light of Torah and you'll see, and you'll see that all the feet will be taken away, and because the feet are taken away through the power of Yosef HaTzadik, then, then there is no other Malchus besides, besides Tari. There is no other Malchus besides Malchus Yisrael. And that's the secret of Hanukkah. And that's the refuel Kaid Mulmak of what was going in this parasha. So Hashem should help us. We should be to, to see the truth, know the truth, to know what the antidotes are, to allow our Neshamas to be manifest and to shine forth. And, to, and through that, Taka Tichla Regal Menashuk, we should be to see that. Be Gashim, Be Eskol Tzadik, Amen. Thank you.